This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Serious Disc Agreement, the only serious podcast on the Australian internet about movies, about discs, D-I-S-C, discs, and I am one half of the show, Mr. Blake Howard. You may have heard me before on shows like One Hit Minute and Zodiac Chronicle, and I'm sure you've heard my illustrious co-host, one of the most beautiful film boys to ever exist on this medium, Mr. Alexi Toliopoulos from Finding Drago, from Total Reboot, from Netflix Film Buffet. Hello, my brother from another disc squirting mother. <laughs> Blake, it is a pleasure to be on the pods talking about the discs with you today. I just want to say I love physical media. I love DVD culture. And I am a fan of Blue Ray Romano, the best comedian <laughs> that ever walked the earth. And what an incredible, illustrious sports journalist he is. Mm-hmm. Mate, this uh, is an exciting one because as we've expanded with the Serious Disc Agreement, a lot of our mm-hmm. folks who have been listening have been hearing our imprint companion, which goes on imprint films. They heard our very first uh, Akira release discussion, but I'm super excited now to dip into an, a stone-cold Ozploitation classic mm-hmm. in Sandy Harbert's Stone, which is now getting the absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. Blu-ray treatment from Umbrella from a brand new 4K scan. Stone is a trip. And when you're on a bike, I mean a big bike, you've got all power, man. Grave diggers are on the move. A new breed of motorbike gang. That's why we're here, man, together. Because when you're out there right, man, with the grave diggers, what can stop us, man? What can stop us? We own the world. Holy dooly, my man. Can can we just talk about how this movie is kind of a miracle and mm. and and ask why don't Australian films get this good this often. Like, how? Do, why? Why? Why is this film like a, an outlier in our whole Australian cinema canon? 
Well, it's kind of like one of those early films that really kicks off that Ozploitation movement, like parallel to the Australian New Wave. So, you know, the 1970s, we're really kicking into high gear with like classic films being made to a very experimental or very, at least like interrogating Australian voice. I yes. think the films of that era, it's like, Australia really is finding its voice when it comes to cinema. Um, you know, I couldn't even... I could probably name three films from Australia before, like, 1968. I reckon <laughs> that's kind of it. But in, like, the 70s, there's, like, hundreds of, hundreds of movies that are, like, really analysing, like, what Australia is, what the culture is. So, if you guys had never seen Stone, we'll just give you a bit of a blurb on it in a second. But I would have to say that most people mm. would have seen... Mark Hartley's not quite Hollywood if they haven't yeah. actually seen Stone and then heard Quentin Tarantino in Snippet mm. gush effusively over Stone. So if you haven't yeah. seen it, it's made in 1974. It is about an undercover policeman named Stone um, who uh, embeds himself into a motorcycle gang called the Gravediggers after a political assassination because mm. he discovers that one of their totally stoned out guys in there, played by Hugh Keys Byrne, um, basically is wit is the only witness to this assassination attempt. And then people in their crew start getting taken out. So he comes in to be like an extra little bit of muscle, an extra pair of eyes, and mm -hmm. to hopefully, you know, uh, undermine any potential assassination attempts that come towards them. And he ad ends up adopting the culture. And holy shit, this movie just looks incredible. And Sandy Harbutt, who's the director, is a very inventive, like, technical filmmaker. Mm. And it's uh, as, someone, as someone who grew up on the Central Coast, watching this many motorbikes ripping down, like, the 1970s mm. F3, which some people would now know as, like, the M1 motorway up on the, on the Pacific Highway, like, past the Central Coast, it's like... The, you would never have understood how amazing these shots are and how influential they are. And, yeah, it's just a, it's a really incredible-looking... Um, an incredible technical feat and just like a really great, you know, philosophical mm. thing. Is this your first time with Stone seeing this film? I, like so many films when I was in university, especially doing film studies, mm -hmm. I feel like Stone was a movie that I saw like stitched together like a quilt full of clips. Like I saw clips. Yes. I've seen the clip of the bikes riding down the highway so many times. I've seen some of the other fights. I've seen some of the, yeah. like the bikey culture and the bunker stuff. But I just feel like when I was watching it, it felt all new. And I totally could be wrong. I totally could have mm. watched it as some part of like Australian cinema studies. But I feel like it's a movie I saw almost exclusively in clips. What about you? Yeah, similar relationship, but I do believe I did see like the last version of this that Umbrella had put out, which was like just a standard DVD, um, probably like 10 or so years ago yeah. uh, when I was in film school the first time around. And it kind of like left a little bit of an impression on me, but always knowing that like this is one that I would love to revisit one day. And uh, so once I saw that Umbrella had announced that they were doing like a full on 4K restoration with this Blu-ray, uh, it had been like my most anticipated release <laughs> of the year. Like really it was. Because I was like, this is one that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, but when they do talk about it, it's always people that like, uh, oh, this is the real deal. This is the real deal. Like um, Quentin talks about it in the... Uh, Quentin Tarantino, sorry, not 
Quentin Kennyhan, the uh, Australian celebrity. <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino, famous filmmaker. Like, he really talks it up on that Ozploitation movie, um, which is just like, you know, a- any Aussie film fan, that is like a bit of like uh, like a sacred text, that documentary, I'd say. And I've been going over the last few years back into the Ozploitation like, archives, getting some more stuff out that I'd never seen before and like really embracing it as, uh, you know, part of myself as an Australian creative, like my like lineage, part of my heritage as like an Australian filmmaker and Australian, well, you know, Australian creative. I don't always want to say filmmaker because I only make podcasts, <laughs> but like it, it really embracing it as my heritage. And um, I absolutely love this movie and seeing this new restoration on Blu-ray truly was like seeing it for the very first time. Like yes. this is a sensational, like a sensational release, beautifully put together, beautifully restored. And I can't believe like how not just like good looking this movie is like, this is like an aesthetically pleasing film because like it captures like the same vibe that something like the warriors does, like where it's kind of like an urban fantasy, if you yes. will, where it uses like, you know, gang and bikey symbolism, but creates like a very fantastical feeling world that doesn't feel real. But then it finds those moments where it kind of like rides a slide between being like incredibly gritty, grimy, authentic, like stinking of two old and pouches of like tobacco like it gets but it, it gets that feeling and then finds fantasy in it as well and what i was really surprised by was just how artistically cool this is and how it experiments with like editing and form like those opening credits where we have those freeze frames on close-ups of like the of the bikes getting out onto like that lineup that convoy of bikes is just fucking exciting stuff dude oh and sand like the director sandy harbour there's some of the stuff that's in this film is in the middle of this political assassination which is happening Mm. right in the center of sydney so not only is it an amazing slice of life but it's a real slice of sydney at the time this Mm -hmm. this turning towards more socialistic um enterprises as opposed to like really strongly governed it was very much of the time and there was an underlying fear of you know political assassination and whatnot Mm. but then when you see hugh keys burns character come into it it's just this great mashup of like really like this tactile experience of Sydney in the past. And you're like, holy shit, it's so real. And then this guy who is absolutely acid tripped out of his brain, like coming in and the film just adopts his completely wacko perspective and just mashes oh. this like real aesthetic with like whacked out aesthetic. And it's like, this is really insanely innovative and clever. And it's mm. like, it's, it's something that you just feel like more accomplished filmmakers have such a handle on later but this is a guy like this is kind of almost like a one and done for Mm. this person and um i just couldn't believe it i was like oh my god like i I don't remember this and even if i did like i I must have been in the right position and it was so funny you said that because alexi and i like i don't know what you talk to your friends about on the old text message or the (laughs) social media but alexi Mm -hmm. and i it is often just gushing about a print on a Mm blu-ray or like It's like, like, and Alexi literally, like, like it was like, it, it fe- I just watched Stone again, and it feels like 
seeing it for the very first time. And that was like yeah. the greatest endorsement possible because I immediately mm. like r- grabbed my own copy of Stone, tore it open as fast as I could. I'm like, I need a couple of hours. So I said to my wife, I need to mm. abandon my children um, <laughs> for a brief moment and just like come in and watch Stone. And yeah, I was from the very get-go, mm. not only is the momentum of this damn thing so wonderful and that Viking funeral um, yeah. quality with the bikes, that's the like the quintessential shot. But just that like minute one, this really tactile lived in experience of Sydney at a mm. protest that could have been happening in the 1970s in Australia uh, with us with the same sort of whacked out crazy aesthetic it's just cool like the whole thing yeah. rips from from top to bottom I got it as well join Blake in praising Hugh Keysburn because he's just like such a phenomenal oh. actor and this is like his era a lot of people would know him more for uh, playing the villain in Fury Road and yes. also a villain in the first Mad Max movie. But he pops up a lot in uh, these Ozploitation films of the 1970s, uh, including this one, which I think he's phenomenal in, including The Man from Hong Kong uh, by yes. Richard Smith, which I just love. And that release from Umbrella as well, that Blu-ray is an all-timer for me because you get like four different movies on it as bonus features and they're all like <laughs> jackass stunt films. Uh, definitely check them out. But what I think Hugh Keys Burn really does with with this stuff in this era is in all these really pulpy films, but then he's just got this incredible like thespian presence and tone where he just elevates every single thing that he's in. You know, you just reminded me of one of the most dynamic scenes that is in this movie and talks Mm -hmm. to his presence as an actor and as a thespian and just being like intuitive. There's a moment where these two like straight lace suit guys are at a bar and he just goes up and he like starts taunting them and starts like Mm. coming onto them and going, do you want to give me a kiss? And in your excellent miniseries Australian Psycho that you're talking about, the first film you talk about is Animal Kingdom and Ben Mm -hmm. Mendelsohn's teasing his brother about like, is that a gay shirt? Is that a gay shirt? And it's just such a, it's almost like a quintessential thing of like Australian masculine expression is yes. about like sexuality. And what's yeah. pretty crazy is that Hugh Keys Burnt is the biggest, like he's such a burly dude and he's such a- Beard, like, facial beard. hair, huge hair, he's like gruffy, d- mullety hair. He's like a big dirty guy, but he's he immediately kind of just adopts this like, I'm going to mm. use my sexuality to scare other men in this. Mm. And these guys are like really off put. And it's just such, he's had this, this beautiful little echo of influence that mm. I hadn't really picked up on until listening to your, that recent episode. And I was just like, that is such a like, you know, maybe David Michaud who wrote for inside mm. film. And you know, that's a guy who might know this film pretty well. It's like, there's just, there's just something about that. I'm like, man, that would be a nice question to ask him in the future. Mm. If that was something that influenced oh, him. Cause absolutely. man, this both, both scenes back to back, you're just like, Oh, chilling, chilling stuff. Such a, such a ripper. And I think the other thing that is so key about Stone and why it is an important film in Australian history is that it predates Mad Max and you can see a lot of its influence very directly on that deeply beloved and cherished film. And in many ways, I would actually say I think I prefer Stone over the original Mad Max. Like, you know, while Mad Max, it continues to grow and become like one of the most exciting franchises in the history of film. And I say that fully endorsing <laughs> yeah, and believing 100%. it. 100%. It truly like grows into being something that is so 
humongous, especially when it, in this country, it doesn't get bigger than that. Doesn't. I think I prefer Stone over the original Mad Max film because it just like captures like the fantasy element of it a little bit cleaner than Mad Max does because it is a little bit more ambiguous, if you will. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good take. I don't think that that's a controversial one. For me, I would almost say the same. The In Mad Max, the pure innovation of the cinematography, mm. especially as it leads up to the third act of the film, is like obviously the things that people remember. Like when you remember yes. Mad Max, you remember once Max Rokotansky essentially goes mad like you mm. you wait for you wait for all the bad things to happen to him and then that sort of ferocious finale of the movie that leads perfectly into road warrior mad max 2 as we know it in oz mm. like that's they're the best bits of the movie but actually what's so crazy is like the the titular character of this movie is this undercover cop right stone and you don't really see him for like the first 30 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. like there's all this other like incredible grave digger, bikey cop, like super accurate post feet, like sort of intra Vietnam, if mm. you like, because they're making it here, yeah. but like that kind of Viet- post Vietnam or Vietnam energy going into the biker gangs in Oz, this whole quandary, like really ambivalent stuff of like, it's a haven for like, you know, downtrodden mm. indigenous people against crime. And then there's people with swastikas on their necks. It's like this yeah. weird, this weird piece of slice of Australian culture. Mm. Um, and I just, yeah, I found it really fascinating and awesome. And I would totally go back and watch it. And the, and there are great chases and bike stuff in this movie, but mm-hmm. for the story and the innovation, I think that's, yeah, that's a, it's, it's so special. And this umbrella release is just jam packed with special features. Mm-hmm. What have we got, got- on there, Blake? Well, you got to check out, it's the full Tarantino on stone. So in Mark mm-hmm. Hartley's Not Quite Hollywood Doco, there is big chunks of it, but like this is like the undiluted cut that Umbrella mm. sort of thanks Mark Hartley for. And you see the whole thing. He tells this great yeah. apocryphal tale about meeting a bikey in a bar in London. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so great. And also... I think you nailed it when you were talking about like the thespian energy that Mm. is behind this really grubby movie. Sandy Harbour as the director and the writer and the star of this movie, he plays Undertaker in the movie. Just watching the difference between this really thoughtful dude who put this together with like this very high art Mm. sort of mind and then watching the contrast of him who he plays this dirty grubby yeah. like like um sharing my lady with you energy kind of guy or looking for a third i think is our common parlance of what we would say yeah. but like that yeah. energy of this dude um it's a fascinating and also seeing australian media at the time not being mm. able to really reconcile what the hell this whole thing is like they're like so he's making a movie about bikey culture but it's kind of been a bit squashed out and controlled and and you can just see this cycle of like maybe it was dipping off but when stone came out in oz Mm-hmm. you imagine it just would have exploded again because Absolutely. like it was so glorified. Yeah. And I love that little, like that Tarantino interview because he does like, he has, he always has great insight into film and he captures something that I was not conscious of that. I really, after him saying it go, that's exactly spot on where he criticizes the lead performance um, of the actor that plays stone, uh, which is uh, what's his name? Ken Shorter. Yeah, who's in not really any other movies. And um, he's definitely not very good in this movie. It's like, you can say no. that. and But Tarantino really nails like the quality that he brings to it, which is something that like, I've never been conscious of. Like, this guy's a bad actor in this, in this <laughs> film in particular. Yeah. But he says that he 
captures this energy of someone who knows he's not that very good and kind of embarrassed and a bit shy that he's not a very good actor in this movie playing against like Roger Ward and freaking Hugh Keys Byrne who are like great actors and just like you st- start becoming endeared to his performance because he's just a little bit shy around all these other people I think he just like that man has such a great insight into like why people resonate with certain things in films and i just him saying that i was like god damn that's worth the price of the dvd to just understand like why you feel this way about a certain performance in a film yeah uh, that's that is so genius as well and it's like you can hear him saying that observation because you could tell he would be giving he would be if that was him behind that mm. lens he'd be coaching the guy going hey i cast you in this yeah, I I know you can do this. You might not feel it around mm. these other actors, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the quality. And and also, I I think it endears you to him a little bit more in this movie is because mm. you kind of feel that like that's also this control, like this guy. He mm. he's un, he's kind of he's having his cake and eating it too. He's unwilling to let go of like what life is really like, what it's like. Um, you know, uh, being a cop and being undercover and still having to adopt these laws. But yeah, man, this is like, this is an incredible, like if you haven't, if you haven't got, if you've never seen this movie, it's like an Mm -hmm. instant purchase. Like you must see it. If, if, if you have seen it, I can assure you that even I may have even seen it. Like I, I Mm -hmm. don't fully remember, but I'm pretty, you know, 90% sure that I would have watched on some crummy VHS at university. Um, this this scan is just beautiful and mm. for anyone who you know, the viking funeral in this film is so iconic it's like it's mm-hmm. such a mic drop of like a thing and it's so cool to see like new filmmakers even in the set all the way back in the 70s with all the limitations and all the costs and all those sorts of things like just being so brazen with their art like i'm gonna really mm. go for it here and man it just like it comes off it's so it's so inspirational Absolutely. And I want to give a shout out to what is the best special feature included in this release, which is the full score soundtrack on CD as well, <laughs> yes, which yes. is just after watching this movie, you're going to have to find a freaking disc drive and chuck this in somewhere because <laughs> you want to hear it. Get, hey, hey, if your car radio hasn't been stolen, <laughs> wherever you live, <laughs> get in your car, chuck that CD and give it a spin. Yeah. So special. Man. This has been great chatting to you. We're going to have more serious disagreements coming up. We've got some great, a great slate of some awesome Blu-rays that we want to talk to you um, all across the map. But um, it's been a rad time talking to you about Stone. And I'm really disappointed that I can't see your white leathers right now as we're chatting Ooh. over Zoom. Um, your, mm-hmm. Those white leather pants that you got uh, from Ken oh, Shorter. But, but but it's it's been a pleasure nonetheless, my friend. Where can people Always. find Where can people find you right now? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Alexi. You can find me over at Total Reboot. We're talking about movies just like this one at the moment uh, in a miniseries called Australian Psycho, where we're talking about Australia's fascination with psychopaths in their culture and art. First episode's on Animal Kingdom. Second episode coming out later this week is on Wake in Fright and Ooh. many more classics on the way. Blake, what about yourself? Uh, guys, you can find me here on uh, the One Heat Minute Productions feed with Zodiac Chronicle. Uh, mm-hmm. I have two more episodes coming up this month, uh, uh, parts one and two of Gemini. Once we hit the 12th episode, I will be announcing what our next series Ooh. series is. Um, we're really pushing now. I'm just waiting for hopefully some final talent to come on board with that, and then we'll be kicking that off in November. So really excited to do that. Um, but that's coming up, and uh, Katie Walsh and I will be back on my 
Miami Nice a little bit later in the month as well. We're just waiting for some other other big guests coming up. We're just waiting for those guys to, um, but their calendars to free up. So we're excited to share that with you as well. But uh, it's been a treat talking to you as always, my friend. Spinning around Stone with you. It's uh, it's mm. been a treat. I can't wait till we talk about some more of these exciting Australian releases. Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.